With us now from the studios of 1620 The Zone in Omaha is the host of the morning show, the co-host of the morning show uh, with Damon Benning. It's Gary Sharp. They do this thing 6 to 10 a.m. Holy cow, get up early and stay up late and figure out what you're going to do at 7.30 when the coffee is no longer kicking hey. in. Is that what it is? Hey, these NCAA tournament games that start late at night, especially the championship game that doesn't tip until 8.20, is not good on us morning show folks. Okay, here's the proper introduction. Gary has been with the radio station since 2013. Did the morning show with Damon Benning, went to the middays for a couple of hours, back in the morning now with Damon Benning. And um, tell me a little bit about what it's been like readjusting to uh, that time of day, irrespective of the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, you know what? It hasn't, John, it hasn't been that hard adjusting back to doing mornings um, because I was doing 10 to two, you know, you, maybe you get up at six uh, and now and you get up at three or whatever. I have a, I have a problem going to bed at night because I like to watch games and, and that's part of our job. So going to bed is a, an issue. Getting up really isn't an issue. The, the thing to me through this whole transition back to mornings is, you know, you're not, you, you always used to doing team shows where it's, you know, you and a partner and a producer, and maybe you have another character that's on the show. And so you learn to frame discussions and angles and your debates on having a team together. And in this case, I had to go and be a solo four-hour show in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, there are plenty of solo shows around the country, but most of those are large markets. And we've always had in the midday where that position is solo, so making the adjustment from doing a solo show where you frame conversations and you attack things differently to back to a team show was a little bit of an adjustment. But in the end, I think it has made me a better talk show host um, going from solo back to a team. And I mean, Damon and I have a great chemistry and that's, you know, and great knowledge of many, many sports and pop culture and all over that we are, uh, you know, we're pretty real and we didn't miss a beat when we got back together in January. What is it then you can learn doing the solo act that you can take back into doing the, the two-man act? You have to drive the conversation more as a, as a solo person. Um, I've never been a big fan, and not a, I'm not going to say not a big fan, but I've never geared shows towards we got to get callers. You know, it, it shows how good your show is if you get callers because what happens if the phones go down, then you're screwed. So I think as a solo person, you have to drive the conversation differently. You have to look for different angles. You have to pace yourself and the pace of the show. And so moving back in with a team, I think it, you know, it gives me an opportunity to, to already explore different angles of topics to expand on them a little bit more so that we can build on each other. Uh, when I make a comment, Damon follows that up and we just keep building instead of just going straight at each other. And I, I think I learned that from being in a solo show where it's just you and the microphone and you've got to drive the conversation, but you're not necessarily getting feedback, but you have to keep it moving in the pace and the entertainment factor. So do you jointly decide where you're going to go in the morning, what topics you're going to do, what themes you're going to do in the, in order? Of course you have a certain uh, amount of business you have to do and regular guests on certain days during the week, but how much do you decide beforehand where you're going with this? Uh, very little. And I think that's the, the beauty of our show. And, and I think I can tell with shows, you know, we, we don't have a huge operation where 
we have multiple producers and we have a producer's meeting and we go through a rundown. It basically comes down to, I present the rundown. We have our benchmarks, we have our guests, and then we just go from there because I think in our business, spontaneity is really, really good. Um, we don't want to form our opinions. We kind of want to build off each other. And it, quite frankly, it's a discussion. I know our business gets cracked on a lot because, oh, it's nothing but debate. You're supposed to create debate. Well, I take it a different way. I think we got to create discussion. You know, people want to be brought into the discussion that they're with us, that we're talking with them and not down to them. And I think when we just go with spontaneity, now, Damon and I know what the big stories are, and we kind of have a general sense of what we're going to talk about because we've been around each other long enough that we know what our wheelhouses are. And we know A, B, and C, what our listeners are talking about. And that's the most important thing. You know, we can say, hey, this topic is great. Let's talk about it. But what if our listeners are not? We want them engaged with us. So I think just coming into the studio, we don't really, we kind of come in at the last moment. We don't say, hey, I'm going to go this way with this or this way. We just start the show and organically it just develops. And I think that's one of the beauties of why we've been so successful. Is the audience much different uh, in the morning than it is in the middle of the day? Yes. And I didn't think that way. I thought, oh, wow, people know me from the mornings. They'll just follow me to the afternoons. You have people that are commuting during the mornings. Um, you know, they got the kids in the car. And then when you get to 10 to 2, you have people that are listening at work. So they're already, their day has started. They're at work. They probably already heard some of the topics that are being discussed. So that forces you as a solo show uh, host to go with different angles. Or it's people that are getting in the car to go to lunch. You know, a lot of people in the car. I found that it was a different type of audience, and it actually skewed a little bit older. Um, you know, we do well in the mornings with 18 to 34 and 25 to 54. I did really well in the middays, 25 to 54, and even a little bit older than that, judging off the people that would interact uh, via the phones. So then how does that direct uh, where you go with the show uh, and how you plan the show? thinking I'm not going to turn into a man show where, you know, you're going to talk about things that are going to be, you know, you're going to tell the kid in the back seat, Hey, earmuffs. Um, you talk, you don't necessarily, when you're, when you feel like you have an older audience, you're not diving into as much pop culture. You're not talking about the Grammys. Um, you're kind of sticking to sports, but I also found, you know, in the mornings people want to, they don't want to be hit with serious they want to they want to have serious they want to have sports talk but they know they want to be entertained and that's what we all are at the end of the day as entertainers i found more in the middays people want sports you know they kind of they've settled into their day now let's talk about sports the games happen the night before maybe the morning guys got a chance to break it down but what's your angle and let's take it a step further so once i got that kind of figured out i was more you know what? We got four hours of sports. Tough to do four hours of sports, but not as much pop culture and other things. Let's focus on sports where I would say in the mornings, we're probably 75% sports and 25% things that don't deal with sports, deal with entertainment, deal with life, deal with storytelling. So when you did the show by yourself in the middle of the day, and then you have the partner, you had the partner, then you do the middle of the day by yourself, then you have the partner again. What we want in this business is to have fun. We want to enjoy. We want to be uh, inspired by something. We want to be compelled by what goes on. Was it more difficult to find that 
sort of inner drive when you're by yourself and you don't have somebody to bounce off of? It, it's tough. If you're like by yourself and you make a joke, do you laugh at yourself? I mean, do you <laughs> yeah. say something funny and you look around the room and go, uh, Bueller, Bueller? Um, <laughs> what I found is, so as a solo person, and, and again, your only feedback is texting that are emailing, that are tweeting, that are calling. But you're kind of, it's you and it's the microphone. And I found that if I could attack stories and give my opinion and give more of myself, like this is who I am. I've got flaws. I've got funnies. I'm not perfect. I'm one of you. We're just sitting at the end of the bar on a bar stool. Is if I can make you feel something, not just, hey, I'm regurgitating information and it's this and this, but if I can make you feel something that you're moved to, call, text, email, tweet, whatever, then I've done my job. And that's what I think I, I look more to do when I was in the solo row than I probably value as much with a, a team show that I'm back on. Okay, this is really inside baseball here. So those folks who uh, aren't interested in radio, you can tune out for a minute, but this is really inside <laughs> baseball. When I did radio shows myself, and I didn't do them year after year after year, but I did them um, occasionally, right? And the people I know who did radio shows by themselves would always find something in the studio to use as their their foil, their partner, their audience, their their receiver of yeah. their information. Do you ha Did you have some kind of a, of a tool you use to, to, um, to, uh, uh, sort of replicate the actual person you're talking to? Uh, a little bit was the producer, but my first producer, he was always busy doing else, So he wasn't always looking at me. So I might say a great point, And George Norwood was his name. He would be looking at his computer and I'd be like, gosh, in my head, that was a good point. How come you didn't respond? So I did do that. Um, you know, a bank of TVs that we have in the studio, I would uh, look at those and that would kind of be my, my sounding board. But it was almost like you, you know, when you're young and you're practicing a speech and you're in front of a mirror, you're talking to the mirror and it's coming right back to you. Uh, but it was a great learning experience. I, it was difficult. I'm not going to kid. Um, I've had the opportunity to do solo shows before, like I hosted Sports Nightly uh, before it is what it is now um, for about three and a half years doing two hours by myself. So I kind of had that a little bit of a uh, fallback that I've done this before, but it's difficult. But if you can pull it off, I think there's so many things to learn that make you better in this business because everything, everything that we talk about and how you're supposed to structure your shows and, 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 and win the whole battle to get listeners, I think you learn that 100% more when you're doing a solo show because it's just you, your opinions, and the microphone and you don't know who you're talking to and you don't have interaction because you don't have somebody to your left. You don't have somebody to your right. You have a producer in front of you. And most of the time, they're not paying attention to what you're saying anyhow. Yeah. And, and then when you get the back on a partnership, you just thank goodness how awesome it is that you do have that human being to play off of. Right. Well, Yeah. And, 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 and that is, that's great because, you know, I, I think sports talk, is and anything on the radio in, in a talk format is supposed to be a discussion. It's you know, we debate things, but it's a discussion. I also learned, John, from being solo, is you need to, and, and I think we miss this in our business. And, and I really I, I tell younger people that are here in the Lincoln in the Omaha and Lincoln market, we need to be, we need to tell people more about ourselves. We need to be open. People, people look at us differently. 
but they want to know us. Well, it's okay to say, hey, I got a flaw or I did this or be personable. We're not just somebody that's on the radio. We're somebody that's a friend of the person that's listening. And I found that in doing a solo show, the more I opened myself and kept it real and told stories about my experience of out in the community or, or, or things pertaining to a topic, I thought made me better and connected me better with the audience. Thus, coming back to a team show, we can expand that a little bit more because Damon might have a similar story. And so all of a sudden you've got this segment that went from a little note to a big segment and you've got people engaged and they're like, oh yeah, when I went to the grocery store, the same thing happened to me. Where do you draw the line in your personal life on the radio? My personal relationship. Uh, I don't bring her up very much. Uh, people that know me are aware of who she is, uh, but I, I don't reference that a lot uh, unless it's a funny or you know something has come up or she's a KU grad. So of course uh, on our morning show, we talked about Rock Chalk Jayhawk, yeah, um, but that's kind of where I, that's kind of where I, I limit it. But other yeah. than that, I, I'm, I'm fair game. And because I want people that when I'm away from the studio, I want them to come up and talk to me. And they feel like they don't have to, okay, is that such and such? No, they know me already. So they come up and say, hello, how you doing? Love your show. Hey, I didn't like what you were talking about. Or, hey, I got the same problem you have. I, I can't, I can't for the life of me figure out why there's so many car washes in Omaha. <laughs> car washes, storage depots, uh, scooters, and nail salons. I guess I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the important stuff. You've got to worry about the important <laughs> stuff on the radio. That's right. <laughs> Gary Sharp is the co-host of Sharp and Benning in the morning, 6 to 10 a.m. at 1620 The Zone. I'm John Schrader. Gary, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, the personal... Um, keeping the personal out of your life. Is that her decision? Uh, is, I'll tell you, uh, for all the years I worked in broadcasting, and I've been married 42 years almost, my wife said, you're not talking about me and you're not talking about the kids. It's nobody's business. Now the kids are all grown up, so it yeah. doesn't really matter now. But when they were younger, not talking about the kids, we were off limits. Uh, is that coming from that direction? No, she never says anything. Actually, probably if you pressed her, she would say, hey, well, how come you don't bring up my name? How come I don't have a segment on your show? Um, it's just a personal choice. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the people that know me know who I'm with. Uh, but I, I don't need to bring that up on air unless there's something funny. Uh, you know, I mean, we live our lives in radio out in the open. Anyhow, that's one of the things that I've always chosen since I started in this business to kind of keep quiet unless there's something major to announce or, you know, there's a story to tell. It's not, it's not something I want to go into because that's a separate life. Like when I leave the airwaves and, you know, I, I, I go home to her or we hang out, um, you know, that's our time. So you talked about chemistry, that you and Damon have good chemistry. What makes good chemistry for radio teams? I think our personality. Uh, I think two people that aren't fighting, but two people that are passionate about what they do, which Damon and myself, we are. And we have an understanding of what makes good radio. Uh, you know, I, I think in this business, there are some very talented people, John, and you know them, you've worked with them. 
really, really talented. And they might do team shows and it's a really bad fit because it seems like them and their co-host are always button heads. And, and I, I think I approach our show of, again, it's a discussion. We're not here to talk louder than the other one. We're here to build on a conversation. And, and, and I think it also helps that we know a lot of the same things and a lot of the same people, and we have a lot of the same interests, even though we come from an entirely different background. You know, he, he has lived in Omaha his whole life, played uh, major college football at the University of Nebraska. Um, you know, I grew up in, in suburban Des Moines. I've been around the country and I've worked in professional sports and in radio. Uh, it's just, we know what makes good radio. And that is sharing of ourselves, sharing our opinions, but also, you know, we don't always have to be right. We can be wrong and we can talk about it. And I think over time it's built up. It wasn't easy at the beginning because while I was opening up, Damon was somebody that was really, really private. And he thought all of a sudden he has to get on the radio and, and talk about himself. And it was uncomfortable for him. And I tried to bring him along and we butted heads. Um, you know, we were we were kind of put together. It was not the original plan when I first moved back to Omaha to be in radio. And we found a way and we, we found an avenue. And I think we have an understanding of each other. And most importantly, John, we have a respect of each other. We may not always agree on everything, but we have a respect of, hey, you put in the work to, to formulate an opinion or to do this show. We're doing it together. Let's do it the best. And I think when people listen to that, People don't want to hear two guys or gals on the air arguing with each other. Hey, I've got a better point. I'm the right person. Or I'm going to talk louder than you are. They want to hear a discussion with valid points that are backed up by facts or passion. And I think that's why Damon and I work. We have passion for what we're doing and what we're talking about. And that resonates with our listeners. And I think it makes it easier on both of us to coexist because we're spending 20 hours a week with each other and even more, you know, off the air doing other things that we do nowadays. Well, let's be honest. Uh, the last thing you want, if you're putting a team together in radio are two people who sound the same, two people with exactly the same backgrounds, yeah. exactly the same experiences, who, who, who have the same views of everything. That is the disaster for a very yeah. short marriage in radio, right? Yeah. And then, and there are, there are, you know, probably, 55% of the stuff that we talk about, we agree on. But then there's that other point where, you know, we have some disagreement and we have a different viewpoint of what's going on or, or what we heard in a soundbite or what we observed during a game. Um, and I, I think we're both willing to share it. Now, that's where me in my role as kind of the, the lead guy, I've got to be able to lead us into that. Or when I realized that, man, we just agree on everything. This isn't good radio. We might be entertaining and we're making people laugh and stuff, but that's not great radio. I have to lead us to an area where, you know what, we're going to have a little bit of disagreement, but that's good because we build off of each other. And that person listening at home or in their car or wherever they might be listening, they're like, yeah, that's a good point. Wait a minute. That's a good point. Then that's what we got a little bit of radio magic going on. 
you you said that you spent three and a half years doing Sports Nightly, which is the University of Nebraska radio show that goes out to all the affiliates. You talk about the Huskers, Huskers, Huskers. I'm sure in the summertime, you can't yeah. just talk always about the Huskers. It's such a different kind of a, a job, isn't it? Because there are so many places you cannot go when you're doing a show like that. Is that correct? That's true. But I will tell you why I was different. Now, it probably eventually led to my downfall or or not my downfall, but my removal from that show is, yes, when you are working at a radio station in the sports talk world and your radio station has the team's rights, professional or college, yeah, you have to walk a fine line. You just can't bash your product because at your radio station, that is the marquee brand. But I found this, and, and, and even to this day, and at and, and the station I currently work in, in Omaha, we have the rights to Creighton and Omaha. Now, not as passionate about their product as Nebraska is, but what I found is I can gain respect and I can go there if I have the respect of the people that are in charge, that I go and ask questions and go to press conferences and go in locker rooms and go to games so people see me and they don't see me like a hack on the radio, that I could gain that respect that if I'm disagreeing with something, it's in the best interest and it's a valid concern. And it's not the first time that a player or a coach has heard that. Now you have to be careful. You can't go willy nilly and just bash. But I found that once I gained the respect of the power brokers and they understood where I was coming from and what I had to do to really take care of my reputation. I couldn't just be bowing down and be a mouthpiece that, you know, they were like, I get it. I understand it. You know, you know how far to go and how far not to go. And I said, yep. And we were able to work in that, in that time period. Now I was actually on that show a little bit longer. It was just three and a half years that I was the solo host, but um, Jim Rose, John Baylor, and myself, we were the original people on sports nightly back in the 90s. Back then it was really good because it coincided with Nebraska football and the run that they had in, in 94, 95, uh, skip 96, go to 97. Uh, so there weren't a lot of negative things to talk about. Most of them were off the field. Um, but that is something that is very difficult for talk show hosts is how far you can and can't go when you're at a radio station, you're on a radio show in a building that that is probably a monstrous revenue generator is the property that you own. Can you imagine doing a show now like that when you have a three win football team and a 10 win men's basketball team and having to, to do two hours a night and make that sound good? It'd be tough, but you know what? You got to be honest with the listener. I mean, they know that things are not good, but you don't just walk in and flip on the microphone and bash Scott Frost and bash Fred Hoiberg. You try and figure out the why, and then you advance the story to, okay, they won three games. How are they going to win five? How are they going to win six instead of this is just awful and it's over and why would you ever support the program? You have to advance the story and figure out the how, the how and the why. And I think people are, are better understanding of that and they will engage with you more. Now, there's certain part of your listening audience that wants you to just come in and say, both guys should be fired. Nebraska athletics is a dumpster fire. 
that's not me. I've had, had, had success with that and I don't want to go there. I want to advance the story and let's figure out the high, the wow, the why, and let's figure out a solution. And let's talk through that on the radio because what we think, you know, when, when, when you got in this business, John, in sports talk and when I did, people said, your audience is the lowest common denominator. They are the lowest rung of people that listen to sports talk radio. They're, they're not very smart. You know what? There's some of the smartest people that listen to the, the talk format and you can't fool them. And once you get on the air and remember your credibility is at stake, you can't get on the air and say, well, you know, they might've lost nine games, but boy, they won three and they were close in those other games. People are going to go, wait a minute. And I wouldn't do that. I would set it up where I could make my point, but then I could back it up and it's not taking personal attacks at the people that are involved. Now, let's be honest, many of the people who listen to Sports Talk Radio in Nebraska are Nebraska fans. How much do you have to be concerned about their feelings about um, what's going on as you present your work? Yes and no. I, I think I want to get my point and, and in my viewpoint of what's wrong or what can be fixed. I will tell you something interesting, John, from being in Lincoln in Sports Talk Radio revolving around Nebraska compared to being in Omaha it's different like in Lincoln people are not as critical even the Lincoln Journal star isn't as critical but boy you get on I-80 and you go about 40 miles away it's different not everybody is so to speak drinking the Kool-Aid they are more opinionated they want to return on their investment they're not afraid to bring up things that most of the time you go nah you can't say that because it's Nebraska it's the Lincoln and Omaha audience is different. Now, I think the Lincoln audience, because there's more options for people in Lincoln to listen to sports talk shows, it's, it's changed where Nebraska athletics in the bad times is fair game. But I noticed in Lincoln, it was a little bit nicer. And then I got to Omaha because I went with the, okay, you know what? I've been used to Lincoln and they're a little bit nicer. Omaha, guns a blazing. Oh, get rid of them. Got to get rid of them now. And I thought, all right, I have to adjust to that. So you uh, work uh, as the play-by-play -play guy for Omaha basketball, and you guys also carry uh, Creighton games. How do you balance that work with the work you do now? Uh, I will, let's start with Omaha men's basketball. So I've been doing Omaha men's basketball for now eight years, and the last two years have not been very good. And they had a coaching change at the end of this past season. And, and you, you know enough play-by-play -play guys that travel with teams, you become very close with the people involved. And Darren Hansen was the former head coach of Omaha men's basketball. We are, we are still to this day, we will always be really, really good friends. And I had to come in on a Monday morning, John, and that's one of the tougher days that I've had on air. And we talk about kind of opening up the kimono and letting people see your true heart. I had to come in and talk about somebody who got fired, who was my friend, who was the basketball coach at a place that I do games for. And then I had to talk about it as a sports talk show host that want the best for Omaha men's basketball that had just completed a run of 10 and 45. And so I had to balance all those different emotions. And I think I pulled it off, um, you know, trying to walk people through that, but it can be a delicate balance. Um, 
because we almost know too much and we don't want, you know, you want to say stuff, but you know, there's a limit to saying stuff on air that if I said this on air, it would make sense to all of you, but I can't because it was told to me in confidence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but that Monday morning after Darren Hansen got fired, that was awful tough. Um, you know, it happened on a Sunday, right as the day after the season had ended. And so I had time to process it. And I just got on the air and I just went with it. And again, I said, this is my friend that lost his best job. This is me as somebody who wants the program to be very good. And then this is me as the talk show host that has to find an angle of why this happened and what happens moving forward. So as far as, as Creighton goes, you guys are also um, able to be as um, open and free to, to say and, and, and interpret as you, as you can? Yes, and I think that comes from what I was saying earlier is all of us on air have a relationship with the athletic director or the coach that might be involved. So they know us. And so we can go to them and ask questions and they listen to our radio station and they know we're not making it personal. And with Creighton, you know, there was a run of success. They had a great year, men and women's basketball. Uh, Creighton men's basketball is set up to possibly win a national championship next year. But I think we were all tested last year. There were two cases with Creighton. One, Greg McDermott made an unfortunate comment in the locker room after a loss about the plantation. All of a sudden, you went from talking Creighton basketball to you were talking real life and how that phrase and that comment affected people in different ways. Whether Damon, who's black, me, who's white, we maybe interpret it. We don't understand why it hurts you so much. So it was a very delicate issue, and it was a hot-button issue on the radio because people had opinions. They either wanted, they knew Mac could, you know, he was sorry, he meant it, or people are like, you got to get him out of there. And so we worked through that on the radio. And I thought we were really good at our radio station, John, in just giving a forum to listeners. Whether you thought that Mac should be retained or not, you had a forum to talk about how it impacted you. And that was some of our best radio. And not once did we hear from anybody at Creighton that said, no, you can't go there. Because they respect us that we have a job to do. They're very cognizant of the kind of job that we have, as long as we're cognizant of the job that they have and why things happen. And so we were able to have intense discussions and no one got fired or no one got their hand slapped. And then during the summer, the NCAA handed down their penalties for Creighton men's basketball. And so that was another issue we had to talk through. And so people were engaged and they were fired up. Um, but as long as, as long as people know what our job is, we're not paid by the university and we know what their job is. And I, I think you can, you can go there um, with a ton of respect from both sides and not be afraid of any, you know, being fired or being called into the GM's office. We all know our limits. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think we know how far we can stretch it um, until you're like, nah, you know what? That's way too much. And that's, that's out of bounds. 
And honesty and trust, boy, they go a long ways, don't they, in building relationships with both the newsmakers and with the uh, audience. Um, if they can believe you, if they can trust you, if they know you're telling the truth and you've done your best to find the best version of the truth, I mean, what else can you do? That's it. Yeah, That's I, the name of the game. I, I think you bring up a great point. It's, it's with the listeners, honesty. I mean, this is who I am. This is what we're going to talk about. Um, this is what I know. And that, that they feel a connection. That's what we all want. We want our listeners to have a connection with us. Yeah. And if they know that they can trust what we're saying, and we're not just, hey, I saw this on a message board, or you say something on air and they'll go, I know that he's got contacts and he reached out and he found the story. Again, that's, that's magical. And that's a great relationship to have. And I think on our side of the microphone, that's what we're in it for. We want to build those relationships with our listeners. Not everybody's going to like you. You don't want everybody liking you. Trust me, you've been on this end, John. You want people to dislike you. Okay, that's okay because you know why? You're doing your job. Yeah. One final thought here. If there's anything that has made its way into the conversation, I think wonderfully in the last number of years, it's race, we've already talked about, yep. and gender. Um, uh, sports talk continues to be really the place where you go after men, 25 to 54, as you say, audience 18 to 34. It remains one of those places in media that's still mostly men. Will it continue to be that? And if, and if not, how does it change or how has I it think, changed? I, I think it will always continue to be men, but here's how our industry can bring in more women. We know that women are watching sports. Women are talking about sports. We have more respect for women that know sports. And if you don't, you're doing it wrong. I think in our industry, more women that are involved play-by-play -play broadcasters. We're seeing more of that. We're seeing more anchors, more analysts on an NBA game, Doris Burke. What we're slow to do in the sports talk world is have female sports talk hosts. There are plenty, especially in the Lincoln and Omaha market, plenty of females that are extremely talented at what they do. And when you get them on the radio, they are great guests. I think the next step is, can they be a host? And can they be a host where that male 25 to 54, that boy is he is locked in on all male radio, they can resonate with that person. And if we're able to accomplish that, then that's when I think you'll start to see a shift, but it won't be dramatic. And it'll always be a, a forum that's geared towards 25 to 54 year old males. But we can't be afraid to say, hey, women listen to our shows. But we also can't be afraid to say, how do we bring women in? So when they're in a car with their husband and their husband wants to listen to 1620 in Omaha, the wife doesn't go, oh boy. The wife goes, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, well, that's good. That's a good way to uh, end the conversation. And uh, maybe we can talk again more about that uh, at well, some time and, in the future. And some, someday you can help me because I got this great idea for um, two females hosting a talk show and it would be just... Two chicks dishin. Two chicks dishin. Yep. It could be middays. It could be an hour. And, you know, you get in your car to go to lunch and you've got two female strong voices on the air talking about Nebraska football.
All right. So you've trademarked that name and there you go. You just you just need to find two hosts, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Hey, Gary, thanks a million for the time. I appreciate it. John, I always appreciate it. I always love chatting uh, radio and uh, a lot about how it works and how we do it. Gary Sharp and Damon Benning host Sharp and Benning in the morning, 6 to 10 a.m., 1620 The Zone. Gary Sharp has been with us. I'm John Schrader. This is Watch the Media.